know, one of the greatest challenges about approaching scripture is sometimes the realistic idea that if we encounter God as who he truly is, I think many of us sometimes fear that we might expose ourselves for who we truly are. Isn't that true? Sometimes we're afraid of really seeing who God is because we're just a little bit afraid of finding out that I really am a certain way. And I think that's, that's why many times even people in the world have pulled away from wanting to go to church, wanting to get with believers. But you know that a, a truth that came out this past week that we were talking about last week was that when God gives a revelation, that revelation isn't just a picture of who he is, but it also reveals who we are. Like revelation is about seeing the unseen, not just seeing the unseen in him, but also seeing the unseen in me. Does that make sense? And that's, that's a good thing. The world has looked at it as a bad thing, and even Christians have looked at it like a bad thing, but... But the truth is, if we really see ourselves how we really are, we can then encounter the true and living God for who he is. And that old me can burn away. That old me can get away. Because that's what's holding us back often from the glory of God, from the presence of God. Is that true? That often we don't see his glory because we're so in, tu- so in tune with ourselves that we're never really in tune with the God of the Bible. I think that's exactly what Isaiah saw in Isaiah 6 that we talked about a little last week. What I love about the life groups that we're meeting now, we're talking and following up with all that we talk about on a Sunday. And if you've not been in a life group, you need to get to one as soon as possible. I'm hearing great reports already of people that have gotten connected, of people that have you know, found a place that they can call their own in that community of believers. And just people that get, get to have a great conversation with. You ever had great conversation with someone and say, wow, I'd like to do that again. You ever met with somebody for lunch? If you haven't done that for a long time, you need to do it. Because the hardest part of getting connected with someone is just the the calling and setting up a time. Because once you're together, you're like, wow, like I should have done this a long time ago. How many ever felt like that before? Anybody ever felt like that? The hardest part is just getting there. But once you get there, you don't regret it. And I think Isaiah... When we talked about Isaiah 6, if you have your Bibles, turn there again. Because I want to continue in this thought of more than a savior. More than a savior. Isaiah 6 talked about how in the year of King Uzziah and his death, he saw the Lord. So as you tap or turn to Isaiah 6... We talked last week on how Isaiah kind of got a picture of God. And he was sitting on a lofty throne and his train, the train of his robe, filled the temple. And there were seraphims there. And, and, And each of them had six wings. Two wings covered their faces, two wings covered their feet, and two of them they flew with. They were calling out to one another 
Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. And some translations say, as I memorized it, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. Right? The whole earth is full of his glory. Have you looked around and said to yourself lately, wow, this earth is full of it, but you didn't mean the the glory. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Often if you tell anyone that they're full of it, you're probably not talking about the glory of the Lord, right? Now we long to be a part of a culture that says, man, you're full of it. And I'm talking about the glory. That's it. But oftentimes we here in America we pull God out of as many things as possible and then we blame him when things go south. Let's pull him out of everything. And then stuff goes down and say, well, I don't believe there's a God. Of course there is. And you took him out of everything. There's no God in your situation, but he's, come on somebody, he's still on the throne. He's still high and lifted up and he hasn't lost or relinquished his authority. Guess what? He has not relinquished his authority on heaven or earth or in your life. As long as you call him Lord, he hasn't relinquished that in your life. Come on, he is Lord and he is God. And when he comes back, he will show face. And I look forward to the day that I could hug his holy neck and worship at his feet. Until then, this is what we should want. To see his glory, to see him in in the presence of God. And when we see him in the presence that we too would act like Isaiah did in verse 5. It's all over, I'm doomed for I am a sinful man. Because it's in his presence that we find out again what? Who we are. He's more than a savior. I shared the story of my almost drowning twice last week. And I shared how that person can pull me out of the water. And that saved me from the moment. But then it happened again. How many of you have been saved from a situation and then you out and then you're safe and then you found your way back in the water again? Come on, six of you. Anybody else? Come on, I got eight. Do I hear nine? Right? We've all been in a situation where we're drowning in our sin, drowning in our circumstance, drowning in our addiction, drowning in our struggle, drowning in our pain, drowning in our bitterness, drowning in our anger. Have I hit every foot yet? (laughs) Pastor Tony's just stomping our feet everywhere. No, 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 no. No, I'm trying to save you from yourself. I'm trying to save you from yourself because all we do is we get out of the water. We say, whoa, that was a close one. And we jump back in. Anybody ever jump back in? And you're like, dang it, I'm in this problem again. Right? Did he just say dang it? Yes. Spell it right or I might get in trouble. No, listen, 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 listen. 
the fact that he's more than a savior means that he didn't just pull you out. He pulled you out so that you could do something different. You don't belong there. It's very difficult to dry off when you're standing in the pool. He pulled you out and he's more than a savior. He pulled you out and now he wants to train you. He wants to show you. Like in my situation as I shared last week, I didn't just get out of the water that second time. Was, that was enough. I got lessons and I learned how to swim. God wants to teach you some things so you don't get back in that water the same way you were before. God doesn't want you in the same mess you were in before. Right? So Isaiah clearly points out that he's doomed because he's a sinful man. Why? Because he has filthy lips. He knows that his speech wasn't right sometimes. And then he says, and I live among a people with filthy lips. And I'm, sometimes I'm around people that, you know, come on, we all been around people that are not living godly. And come on, how many know that it's very easy to get bad habits? It's easier to adapt bad habits than it is to adapt holy habits. Come on, I'm going to preach. But then Isaiah says something interesting. He says, yet I have seen the king, the Lord of heaven's armies. In other words, I have unclean lips and I'm around people with unclean lips because I realize that he is so holy. But yet I have seen the king. Can I ask you a question? What are you seeing? And is it the king? What are you seeing? And is it the king? Isaiah saw who he really was. So I talked a little bit about a couple things you need to understand. I won't hash into that. Listen to last week's podcast or watch the video. And I ended up with this thought that we need an up close personal encounter with the true and living God. Amen. So I'm going to pick up where I left off here in the hopes that you would encounter God today. Number one, I need to see the way God really is. Number one, I need to see the way God really is. You know how he is? He's always with his hand out. The way God is, always with his hand out. Ready to pull you in. Or in some cases, pull you out. Right? He's always with his hand out. God as he really is. In the first four verses, God reveals himself to Isaiah. In doing this, God only reveals himself to Isaiah as he really is. We need to see how God really is. This is God today, right now, at this very moment, with his hand out saying, everybody else around you has been rejecting me. What do you say? You know, it's kind of like when Jesus was with the disciples, right? Wasn't he with the disciples? And, and they say, who do men say that I am? He said to them, right? And they say, some say the prophets, some say this, and some say that. How many have ever been around people that say, 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 but they never do, do, do? But then Jesus turns around and he says, well, who do you say I am? Who do you say? Why? Because he, people could say a lot of things. Because all of us have known a coworker, that coworker, right? Everyone has known that coworker that proclaims Jesus is Lord, but during the, during the, while they're working with you, there's nothing that says Jesus is Lord. So their walking isn't matching their talking, right? 
And so he's saying, all these people are saying this, that, the other. But the question remains to me today, who do you say I am? And then at that point he said, you are the son of the living God. Do you remember who it was he was talking to? Who is it? Peter, right? He said, thou art the Christ. If you're reading King James, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Some of us need to recognize who God is and declare it. And not worry about what everybody else thinks or says. Even if it's right, I need to see it for myself. Because I can preach to you till I'm blue in the face. But if I get it and you don't, guess what? Just sitting here hearing it doesn't do a thing for your life. It may, you may be encouraged for the next half hour after service is over. But then what? How are you implementing this in your life daily? Every single day of your life. How are you finding out how God really is and who God really is? What are you doing about it? That's where the rubber meets the road. And so in the beginning it says, it talks about how God really is, right? We look at that first. And then he says in verse 1, he's on the throne. Come on somebody, he's on the throne. Somebody say, he's on the throne. He's king of kings and lord of lords, right? He's the ruler of all things. He's sovereign in all things. Absolutely sovereign. That means that there is nothing that makes him bigger. And he's not about to give up that ruling and reigning. So let me ask you a question. Who's on the throne of your heart? He's already on the throne. But who's on the throne of your heart? Isaiah already painted a picture of God on his throne and his, and his robe and all these things. But then he goes on to say in verse 1, he is high and lifted up. God is high and lifted up. He's above all things. He's majestic. Come on somebody. Nothing has dominion over him. Everything is under God. Did you know that? This nation, whether it recognizes it or not, this nation is under God. It will either choose to be under God on its knees or choose to be under God one day when it's forced to fall on its knees. And so will you and me. So if you're, if you're sitting here this morning, you don't know Jesus as Savior. If you're watching online or listening right now, and you don't know who Jesus is, I want you to know something. That every knee will bow. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of me? No, 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 no. To the glory of the Father and his name. It's true. So whether you do it now or do it later, we're going to do it. Young people, listen to me closely. Whether you grew up in church or whether you just recently come to Jesus or maybe you haven't come to Jesus. I want you to know something. This thing that we're doing here, the lights, the everything, when that all goes away, God is still God. And we'll have to answer for all the things he's shown us. So if you think this church thing is a facade or, or just a religious thing that you do every week to check off a box, can I tell you something? Don't be wrong. Don't be wrong. Because if I'm wrong about my faith and my God, I died a better person because I put others before myself. But if you're wrong and you die, there's eternal consequences. And you need to understand that. 
I serve a very real and present and risen. Come on, somebody. Risen Savior. And that risen Savior wants to welcome you into his kingdom. He's more than a Savior. He is Lord of all creation. So he's high and he's lifted up. Come on, somebody say he's high and lifted up. And then it talks about how his train filled the temple, his glory filled the temple, that that power, that authority, that represents his power, that train represents his power, and the power is everywhere, and it reaches everywhere, it filled the temple, and you can't escape God, you can't escape God, there's no hiding from him, there's no running from him, sooner or later everyone will stand before him, and you can't get away from it. Pastor Tony, that's a little harsh. I mean, doesn't just just kumbaya, Jesus, come on. Let's just sing kumbaya. It's getting a little hot in here. I'm telling you right now, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. He's holy. Come on, verse 3 talked about the holiness of God. Look at it. And they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. You know what's interesting? Did you notice they weren't singing holy, holy to God? In the verse, if we read it as it is, it says they were calling to one another. Read it. Look in your Bible. Does your Bible say they were calling to one another? They were calling out to each other. The New Living Translation says, and in my NIV that I have here, it says, it says and, they were, and they were calling to one another. What does that mean? That kind of changes it a little bit, doesn't it? Because I think in my mind, when I've always read this verse, I've always looked at it and I've always said, wow, they're saying, holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty. But something interesting there is that they were looking, apparently they were calling out to one another. Holy, 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 let me remind you. Come on, you need to be around people sometimes and just to remind them, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, Sammy, is the Lord God. It's shame. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. Neshiah, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Deb, did you know that the holy, holy God, he's almighty. And sometimes we need to get around people and tell them he's holy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that's what we're doing when we gather in a room like this. I I, I love being able to watch somebody online or watch something on a screen or maybe a simulcast of a speaker in Atlanta that's doing a conference and I can't make it there and I watch it online. But there's something about booking a flight and getting on a plane and getting into that room and standing there and watching the power of God hit people's lives. There's something about being alive in a room that just... It just shows that glory. It dispenses that glory to each of us. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Dispensing that glory? Something about that. The atmosphere, that's exactly right. Is the atmosphere that he is holy. And we need to declare that to one another. That's why we have life groups. That's why we join together live in person. For those of you online, we're glad you're online. But if you could get here, get here. If not here somewhere where Jesus Christ is preached because there's something about telling one another, brother, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. You got a problem in your life? Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. But I want to declare the holiness of God. He's holy. I don't know if you get that, but I do. He's holy, verse 3. Sin can't stand before him. 
That's how come Isaiah trembled and he dropped and he, he professed his weaknesses, his imperfections. Yes. Anybody with imperfections? Okay. We'll keep the house lights down a little bit just to, I just want, uh, just right here, pastor. I don't want nobody to know that I have imperfections. But you know one thing God won't give you? A clear pardon of sin. He won't give you a clear pardon of sin. In other words, he won't just be like, ah, you didn't mean it. You've been in church a long time. I'll let that go. It's because of the blood of Jesus that he forgives sin. Not because it's just, oh, you're you. And you write a nice check or... You keep a great attendance or you memorize a lot of verses. You've been in church a long time. Who, who your dad or mom is, God will take that into consideration. What? What? What are we doing? That's not how God works. He's not just going to give people a blanket pardon to do whatever you want. And that's where grace gets that un, unsolicited uh, connotation that somehow that grace means God's just giving you a pass on sin. I can do whatever I want. Come on, somebody. He's more than a savior. He's Lord. And you can't just come before him with sin and just think like God is just whipping, whipping out forgiveness. Like, like, yeah, like you, you hear me? Like he's just tossing it out there. Like it's not a big deal. He gave his son for you. Parting sin cost his son his life. And we're like, yeah, God, I kind of messed up. No, you sinned. Deal with it. Go to God and deal with the sin. Call the sin a sin. Hello? Come on, somebody. I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach the way the word tells me. And the word tells me that sin is sin in God's eyes. You broke one, you broke them all. (gasps) Churches aren't preaching that anymore. Not all of them. Some are. There's some good churches out there preaching the gospel, the full gospel. Yes, the full gospel. But there's a couple fluffy ones out there. I'm going to say fluffy ones. Be careful with the fluffy churches. Great coffee, horrible services. I'll let you decide which one we are if we got either one of those. We got great coffee out there. The creamers are good. I know that. But you, you hear what I'm saying? There's churches that just, they gather, but they never do anything that involves impacting heaven. I want to evacuate hell as much as possible. I want to stop as many people from going to hell. Anybody with me? I want to stop. Come on. I want to stop the mass exodus from the church and let people know that whether you are messed up or not, you can still come to him just as you are. Muddy boots and all. Muddy boots and all. We got a good hose. We'll spray you down. But that's not going to stop us from loving you and welcoming you to the house of God. Some of you are like, you know my child then, right? That's why you said that. Messy. Who is God? Somebody say how God really is. That's what we need to discover, right? Let me say the second thought. And this is, this is amazing. This is a two-point message. You ready for that? I don't think you're ready for that. Here it is. We also need to establish how we really are, right? And and I'm kind of, let me expound on what I said earlier, because when Isaiah saw the way God really was, he'd established that he wasn't worthy. Come on, two things. He established he wasn't worthy and that God was all powerful. 
Did you know God is all powerful? He's not just all powerful for the person next to you. He's all powerful for you. I love what John Calvin wrote. He wrote this. Men are never duly touched. And I think we have the quote up there. Just follow with me. Because it's a little bit. uh, You got to think about it a little bit. Men are never duly touched and impressed. With a conviction of their insignificance. Until they have contrasted themselves with the majesty of God. That's good right there. Let, let, me, let me break it down in layman's terms a little more. Because John Calvin blew my mind when I read this. I, I realized that I'm not really realizing how convicted I should be. Until I realize how majestic he is. I never realized how badly I need a savior until I realized how great he really is. So that's, that's what that, that, that quote really is in, in summation trying to put out here because first of all, we're in trouble without a savior. Amen. Is that right? Amen. How dare us even think about standing before God? That blows my mind. That we think we can stand before God. Because there's people that don't live right. That they're like man I, I can't wait to meet God one day. And I'm like. You can't wait. To meet God. There's no fruit there. Like there's nothing. Nothing is showing that you truly want to follow God, but you want to say God is a thing. God is a a high being. Come on, somebody. People want to call him the big guy. Please don't come with me with that. Please don't come at me with the big guy upstairs nonsense. He's holier than that. The deity in the sky. What are you talking about? You're not an alien on NBC. Come on, somebody. He's not the big guy in the sky. He's not the big dude. He's Lord of heaven and earth, creator of all things, sovereign ruler and reigner, victorious on the throne, coming back again one day. Kind of God. Come on, somebody. I thought you, come on. You like that one? Because that's who he is. That's who he is. And if we think we can go before him as we are without Jesus, we are in trouble. And the world thinks they can just be like, yeah, remember me, Jesus? I gave to the coat drive. <laughs> what? It was a good coat drive, right? <laughs> Praise God for that. But that does not, that's not going to excuse you from heaven. Come on, it's true though, isn't it? As people think that there's another way to heaven. Can I make this really clear for, for the people in the nosebleeds? There is only one way to heaven. And that one way is Jesus. 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 He want to say, oh, God and Allah. and Buddha. No, no, no. Oh, can I tell you something? Buddha, still, Buddha there's no, 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 no. They're all dead. All those gods. All those gods. Muhammad, dead. Buddha, all of them, dead. Jesus. Was he raised again on the third day? He was he was risen and he's coming back again, and we will all see his face in all the glory. 
Thank God for that. Amen. All right. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to come in for landing soon. Vector one, vector one. We stand before God one day. Broken and sinful. And he gives us forgiveness. Whatever that day was when you were. I think my wife was six years old when she gave her life to Jesus. Early, young, five years old. Jesus said, come. You, you want me to be Lord of your life. I'll come into your life. Or if you're 60 years old and you come to Jesus. It doesn't matter five, six, or 60. When you give your life to Jesus, wherever, wherever that lies in the span of your life. The only way you can come to that point where you give your life is when you realize who he is. And you realize who you are. I'm going to repeat something I said last week. The two most important things in your life. Two most important days of your life. Do you, you guys remember what I said last week? The day you were born and the day you find out why. Very important. That we don't just bypass that we were born and that was a great day. But the day you find out why. Your purpose. Your purpose. So when we stand before God as we really are. Broken and sinful, we, we repent and we ask God to come reveal himself to us. When you get saved, you're no longer lost, now you're found. Anybody was lost, but now they're found? Anybody? Anybody? Okay, this side is more saved than this side. <laughs> is there such a thing? This side, how many of you were lost, but now you're found? Come on. Don't, don't. Okay, this side, what about you guys? Lost, now you're found. Some of them, I'm not going to let nobody show me up. They're like... You were lost, but now you're found. Why? Because there was a point in your life where you realized you cannot save yourself. The debt was too high. The water was too deep. When we stand before God, we will see who we are. And it's frightening and revealing. But we have to see who we are. For you to get saved... You have to first have been lost. And so that repentance moment is very important, right? If you were found, guess what? That means you were lost. For the church to move back to man-centered, you know, we we get into this man-centered idea and that's what happened. For the church to do that, it kind of pulls away from the fact that the church should be God-centered. And we got to move away from this idea that somehow the church grows because man is so good. The church doesn't grow because man is good. The church grows because they recognize who God is. And when you recognize who God is, you find out who you are. And then you realize, I, I need to feed. Right? I need to feed. I need to feed my soul in order to grow. And so... The only thing we can really do is do what, what Isaiah did when he saw God. Acknowledge our sin and agree with God about our sinfulness. Right? And then on top of that, confess that. And that's what Romans 10, 9, and 10 tells us, right? That if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and that God is risen from the dead and believe in our heart 
that's when we're saved. So some of you are like, I know this, Pastor Tony. I grew up my whole life hearing this. But there's some people right now that you still try to earn your way to heaven. You know this, but you still try to earn your way to heaven. So sometimes we need a recap. Anybody ever need a recap once in a while? That's a coming. Every single show almost. Any, anytime you've seen a show, what do they do in the beginning? Previously on blah, blah, blah. Right? Last week on such and such. Why? Because a lot has happened since the last time. So we need a recap. A lot has happened in some of your lives. And sometimes if I give you something you already know, you're like, I know that. But yeah, but we needed a recap because everyone gets off track sometimes. And we need that encouragement to tell us, let's move forward in this. And let's not forget the focus and that we have to accept Jesus Christ as Lord. We have salvation through Jesus. Only, we can only be cleansed through Jesus. The only thing that can wash away our sin is what? The blood of Jesus. Jesus died for us and so we realize he's more than a savior. Say it with me. More than a savior. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So in Landing this plane, the tires are about to hit the the tarmac. Are you ready? So as we hit the landing pad, we have to understand something. When Isaiah realized what God had done for him, he gave him throne of his heart. He recognized that not only were the angels and the seraphim and all these uh, uh, people around his throne were giving him praise. He turned around and he said, I have to be the one that now gives praise to recognize who he is. And so we have to let the king of king rule our hearts. There's a lot of things I want to vow for your heart today. Is that true? A lot of things wants to fight for your heart. But I challenge you. To accept his forgiveness and don't ever let up your praise. Don't ever let up your worship. Because guess what? If you let up, he's still God. Come on, if you let up, he's still God. Anybody with me? He's still God. So we have to come to this understanding that whether I praise him or not, he's still Lord and he's still coming back. So if God is moving and I'm not... Something's wrong. If I'm immobile, that means I'm not as close as I thought I was. That's how come, watch this, you talk about immobility in the kingdom. Why did, what was the one thing Isaiah said following this text toward, uh, what verse are we at here? Right? He said what in verse 8? Then I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send to be messenger to this people? Who will go for us? What did Isaiah say? Here I am, send them. Because they went to Bible school. Here I am, send that guy. Because he's a great singer. Here I am, send that person. Send the pastor. That's what we pay him for. Please don't believe that. Here I am. Send me. Isn't that? Isn't that the way it's supposed to be? When you, God reveals himself, 
we realize who we are, then all of a sudden we turn around and we go, God, I can't help it. Here I am. Send me. Send me. Amen. Who realizes that that's probably a very important part of the passage? That after everything was said and done, Isaiah didn't be like, well, that was a great service. Right? But isn't that what we do? We stop at like verse 7 in our lives. We're like, that's the perfect verse. Right? That's the perfect verse. 7 is the perfect number. And then we can just stop right there. We don't need verse 8. And verse 8 tells us what? Here I am. Send me. Friends, hear me. Don't stop at verse 7. Keep moving. Because then there's an action, a call to action. So what I'm going to ask of you today here, if you have been someone, look at me right now. I need everyone looking at me. If you have been someone that is in some way, shape, or form dismissed this, the sovereignty of God in some way, I want to ask you today. Have you dismissed the fact that he's more than a savior? Have you in some way, shape or form told yourself, you know, I I like the fact that he saved me and that's great. But I really don't know how I'm supposed to react to that. I don't know how I'm supposed to have what the answer is simple. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Do you see who God really is? That's a question, right? Do you see yourself as you really are? Because when you see God for who he is and then you see yourself for who you really are, then what's the, what's the thing that drives you to do what Isaiah did? What is it going to take for you to say, here I am, send me? So I'm going to ask you across this room right now. And I'm not... I'm not trying to create a moment where you, you know, I'm trying to embarrass anybody or say, I'm trying to make it real clear here. If you're saying to me today, Pastor Tony, I admit it. There are times that God has revealed himself to me and I have not responded with here I am, send me. I've been okay with here they are, God, send them. But instead, what about you? Because you know, everyone in this room and everyone watching online, every single one of you listening online, every single one of us, we all have a calling to do something to do for God. He doesn't just save you so you can sit on a luxury liner in some way and just cruise your way into heaven. Like God wants you to pull over at the port, get off the cruise ship and get on a battleship. They're both the ships, but they have different purposes. Yeah? I never went on a cruise on a battleship before. And if you ever went into a battle with a cruise ship, you got on the wrong ship. And some of you are in that situation. I feel so vulnerable. I feel like, I feel like defenseless. Why? Because you're in a, you're in a cruise ship when you should be on a battleship. You hearing me? Get off of that ship and get on a battleship and fight the good fight. Paul said it, right? 
fight the good fight. So if you're here today and you want to fight a good fight, I'm going to invite you to pray with me for a moment. Can you do that? Come on, bow your heads all across this room. Close your eyes for just a moment. Those of you online, just close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus. Come on, say this out loud verbally. I want you to, I want, I want you to hear yourself. Jesus, I realize you're holy. I realize I'm not. I'm in desperate need of a Savior. And in desperate need of a Lord. Be Savior of my soul. And rescue me. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's a bold prayer. You know, bold answers are given to bold prayers. Come on, if you're in this room right now, I'm going to ask you, if you're saying, Pastor Tony, I... I have not told the Lord, here I am, send me. I'm not telling you he's going to send you to Africa next week. I'm not saying that. Some of you are like, I've been afraid to ask this because they use the submissions conventions all the time. Oh, God's sending people to other countries and stuff. No, no, no. It could be just send me to that specific thing you need me to do. If you're here in this room and you're saying, Pastor Tony, I want to respond to the Lord. Stand to your feet all across this room. Come on, if that's you, I want to respond to the Lord. I have not in a long time, but I want to respond to him. Come on, we got several already. Come stand. You're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. Here I am. Send me. Here I am. Send me. Come on, here I am. Send me. Here I am. Send me. Father, we thank you. We thank you that we can come to you just as we are. And when we see your holiness, we can still come to you and say, I'm doomed. If I don't have you in my heart, in my life, I'm doomed. And we give our lives to you. And in response today, these in this room right now, and even some people online right now, You can just type in the comments, here I am, send me right now. If that's you, I want to know. If that's you listening right now, just type it in the comments. Here I am, send me. Just like Isaiah did. Come on, lift up your hands. If you're standing to your feet right now and you're saying, I want to say, here I am. I want to tell the Lord this in my action today. Just lift up your hands. Father, you see every hand raised and every life transformed. Lord, their lives were given to you. Now, God, move them in the direction of spreading the news of the Savior. Lord, there's some of us that have not evangelized in a long time. We haven't told anybody about our faith. We're more like secret agents than we are witnesses. God, help us to never be that way. But we want to be depositors of grace. Proclaimers of truth. People who are diametrically opposed to everything that the enemy stands for. We want to be completely pro-Jesus in our lives. And everything that you're about. Let it be so in the name that is above every name. Come on, lift up your hands all across this room. The name of Jesus be declared in this place.
You rule and you reign victorious, not us. So we give you glory, honor, dominion, and power both now and forever and ever. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Say this with me. Here I am. Come on, I want everybody to participate. Here I am. Here I am. Send me.